Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from Lighthouse Hockey and the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this Sunday evening via Zencaster, as always, is my good friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, um, this might be a divisive episode because the Islanders are on a five-game point streak, if you can believe it. But the way they have accumulated those five points has been infuriating, frustrating, disappointing. I don't know. A lot of other adjectives that had me shouting things at the TV, not once, but twice this week, really three times, but at least the third game, they, the second game they won. But man, I, I, I can't believe we watched two games this week that were almost carbon copies of one another in the worst way possible. <laughs> and so this is going to be a spicy one, I think. 
oh, yeah, I'm kind of sick of doing this and and saying and and like trying to calm myself down by saying, okay, if you woke up on Monday morning and I said, right. hey, Mike, you're going to get four points out of six. The Islanders can get four out of six points this week. Do you care how they get them? I would say no, absolutely not. What am, who am I? Am I crazy? Like, right. <laughs> I'll take I'll take four out of six points right. in a three three game week. Mm. Um, but in the moments, they are, it's tough to, yeah. to to those last four and a half minutes of the Hurricanes game <sighs> felt like an eternity. I was I I will say like you you do take a, when you take a step back and you you, you look at the standings, the Islanders are four points behind the first place Rangers in the Metro. Um, and the Rangers have a game in hand. Uh, they're they have a better points percentage than the hurricanes. They have a better points percentage than uh, the lightning, the red wings, the maple Leafs. Like they've got the third tied for the third best points percentage in the, in the Eastern conference. Like these are good things. And yeah. there's seventh I don't in think... the league in goals against too. Like they're yeah. Like, like, the yeah so there's good, <laughs> yeah. there's good things to talk. Like, there's good things going on. Um, and that's important to say. This is where mm. we try really hard not to be a, uh, you know, fire Lou, fire Lane, <laughs> do this, do that, even though things are going well. Uh, podcast. That said, um, they're making it so hard <laughs> on us. And, and I also want to say, I think they haven't really been catching many of the, the breaks. They've definitely catched catching breaks in terms of goaltending and that, mm. that Capitals game. They they caught a ton of breaks, right. uh, but I mean the the officiating. I think in both the Red Wings game and the Hurricanes game went the other way. Mm. Um, I, they have we. How about this? Not only have we played had have played like basically every game this season, missing somebody. The the, the season <laughs> opener was the only one. That's a good point. Yeah. We have been on who is skating in practice watch mm. since day one of training camp with Palm <laughs> Palmieri. Like there hasn't been a day where we could just relax and just assume everybody's healthy. Because right. even before the, uh, the the season opener, like there was some kind of consternation of whether Palmieri with his one preseason game was going to be good to go. Yeah. Right. So this team has been on line rush watch since day one of training camp and it has continued with Adam Pellick, who mm. is an, obviously a massive loss, even though he's played the last uh, like five or six games of this season, like a, a stressed out med student. He's very fit, <laughs> fidgety and like lashing out at people. Mm. And you're like, dude, it's okay. Like we get, you're going through tough times, but it's not, <laughs> it's not Tage Thompson's fault. You didn't need to run him because he didn't have the puck and, and take the penalty and take yourself out of the play. Uh, <laughs> all of this is to say, yeah, it's, it's it's a very confusing time to be optimistic. <laughs> no, that, that's a good way to put it. And that's a much better uh, title for this episode than what I was going to come up with, which is they're playing like assholes. These guys <laughs> are playing like assholes. And I think it's okay to say that. It's okay to say that, especially this week, they played like assholes. They did. They, I know we, we know they collected five point, you know, uh, whatever it was, four points out of these uh, these four games. Like, we get that. But you can still say that they played like assholes because they did in all three games. They won one of them because their goalie stood on his head and the other team just shot blanks because they're having a, an abysmal <laughs> start to the season uh, themselves. 
But in the other two games, I mean, they blew multi-goal leads in the same, you know, in the same fashion. And it was just, like I said, off the top, infuriating, frustrating, and just awful. And yeah, I mean, a confusing time to be optimistic is a, is a great way to put it because on one hand, you know, they are collecting points, which, you know, is not something they've always done, but it's also uh, right. the way they're collecting points is terrible. Before we dive too deep into it, a reminder that we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. You can get ad-free episodes of this show, plus bonus podcasts, uh, written posts, and all kinds of extra stuff. So sign up today, patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. Uh, you won't regret it. We all have we always have fun stuff going on there. Um, do we want to talk about the Washington game first to kind of get that out of the way and then talk yeah, about Detroit and Carolina? Because I guess you could put the other two together. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. I will say that I, going that whole day before the Washington game, I couldn't even picture an Islander win. Yeah. I, I had right. no, no, no hopes that they were going to do it because my, I, I was at the, the Red Wings game and I was walking out of the building with my dad and I was you know, kind of ticked, but at the same time thinking, you know, I'm happy we got a point. Uh, they, they obviously salvaged a point, but I won't know how I feel about this game until after that Washington game, because yeah. it's either one point out of four, two points out of four, three points out of four, depending on how it goes. Mm. Um, and I had zero hope that the Islanders were going to get anything out of that Capitals game. And, <laughs> and I do chalk it up to PTSD, like we talked about last episode from that game in Washington uh, against a corpse team yeah. last year. Yeah, true. Um, so, yeah, so the Washington game, well, first of all, we need to, before we go talk, talking about the game, we have to talk about the momentous thing that happened before the game, which was that Thomas Hickey uh, stepped in on color commentary and Corey Schneider, Corey uh, Schneider. joined uh, <laughs> Shannon Hogan during the intermissions. Um, Hickey, was, Hickey is like unfair. This guy shows yeah. up on waivers, whatever it was, six, seven years ago, immediately becomes a top four defenseman for the Islanders and is that way for the next however many years. And here comes Schneider, and now then he steps into this television role. And after a couple of kind of you know somewhat little bit little bit bumpy here and there in the beginning, now he's just like, oh sweet, Thomas Hickey's here. Like he's just awesome. He's fantastic he's at this. It's it's, it's he not made fair. such a it, it it actually ticked me off how how good he was. <laughs> yeah, um, during the, the broadcast because he made a point. Like I I noticed something with Romanov and Pollock. I'm like they must have just got their wires crossed there. Like yeah. they, it ended up being a on man rusher. Mm. Uh, an easy breakout pass for the Capitals. And all I was thinking was, damn, like that, you know, that was a miscommunication. I don't know what, what was going on there. Cause the two of them have just been in sync forever. And then right. come back from a commercial break. And there's Hickey explaining that you know, Romanov's, you know, he's on his offhand here. So he's trying to get over to that side and they're trying to figure out the right time to switch. And they just <laughs> called for it at the wrong time. Like I've been in that situation a million. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> you know, save some for the rest of us, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great. The, it, I, I, it's, uh, God, we love Butch so much, and yeah. and I kind of miss him. I, I, this is gonna sound weird, but I almost prefer Butch on color compared to someone like as buttoned up as Hickey. I love having Hickey as like the third man in mm. because the the ride with Butch is, it's so much fun. Like you just, yeah. he's he's, so always so close to getting himself into serious trouble, mm. um, and it's just fun. Yeah, you know, like uh, how is he gonna pronounce? Michael Rasmussen's name or mm. Nadelkovich or whatever. Like it's, it's yeah, just no. fun to, to, to go through that ride. He um, had a cut yeah. that wasn't close. Like, let's just put it, I don't remember <laughs> what it was, but it was not definitely cut Kinyemi. That's a tough oh. one. I'll give him credit for that, but yeah. that was a tough God, one. I love him yeah, so much. Me too. And, and, it, and you wonder like, how, like 
what what it does to to Brendan because yeah. uh, I do think Brendan is someone who can he, he can uh, you know f- he, he he's, in, he's impressed with his own cufflinks that kind of guy I feel like so <laughs> he's a cause a great game but he does seem to to uh, to have a little bit of a an inflated ego for whatever reason so like <laughs> it, you do wonder like having Thomas in the booth is he was mm-hmm. he excited or like goddamn there's someone who's better than me in here or whatever. <laughs> Well, they're um, doing two different jobs. So, but it's yeah, definitely yeah. different. I'd like, to, I'd like to imagine sure. these things in my head, though. Like, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, Hickey was great. Uh, definitely, you know, added to the broadcast. I immediately thought, oh, please don't, don't let TNT or ESPN snap this guy because we need him here. Um, but Corey Schneider did a good job. I thought on intermissions, he, you know, he worked with Shannon very well. Uh, it was nice to see him there. And I got to tell you, this guy's hair is astonishing. I just, I, I mean, wish I, I would just ridiculous. Kill. Yeah, I would kill for this guy's hair. It's not only is it like the color is fantastic, the, the you know the dark red, but man, it's like thick. It's I don't understand. It's it's crazy. It's like a he's like yeah. a cartoon character, and I'm like, this guy's hair has been under goalie helmets all this time. That's that's <laughs> insane. That's unfortunate for the rest of us to not have like been able to kind of enjoy this head of hair. But he's more than yeah. a head of hair. He did a great job. So I'm, yeah, I'm really he did. Happy. And uh, <laughs> you know, just we we we've talked so often about this, Lou tactic where he just doesn't let you leap (laughs) like Corey schneider is not a new york islander in most people's minds right there when when people find out if they turn on like espn plus or whatever uh from seattle or minnesota and they're like who is Mm. who is the the third person on this broadcast i don't know idea like Corey schneider why is Corey schneider on the islanders broadcast like that's that's quite strange that's that's like having uh like alex ald on the uh <laughs> you know on like the ottawa senators or something right, like yeah. you just don't think of these guys as you would never think of Corey schneider as an islander right um but he did a yeah he did a great job and we also we love shannon too mm. uh but shannon is very much a uh sh- she reminds me a lot of times of like uh, a local news reporter at who's reporting from like a carnival or like a very <laughs> great like a like a happy-go-lucky uh event in a town like in a small right. town like a friday night lights football game the whole town's out here like that kind of thing um <laughs> and to like to, to have uh you know that be your your partner like she's she's definitely unique in like the way she she broadcasts a game i don't know uh, how many personalities like that Corey schneider's dealt with in his yeah. hockey playing <laughs> career but they they kind of mixed well it yeah. was uh it was it was fun to watch yeah definitely and i'm looking forward to to more probably during the road stuff but yeah. uh you know and, and yeah. something that i we did our super specific predictions before mm-hmm. the uh, season. God, it would have taken us years to come to Corey Schneider is going to be on oh, the other broadcast. Well, he was going. They even mentioned this like you were going to go play in Europe. He's like, yeah, yeah, we had some offers, but you know, I mean, he's probably got little kids. Like, I don't think he wants yeah. to spend a year in Davos or whatever playing over there. But uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, we definitely would not have guessed this. But again, I'm, I'm looking forward to see where it goes, and I have a feeling that as long as as Butch. And Jigs get to do their game from Winnipeg every year. It's all good, right? <laughs> I look forward to seeing that too. Every every year the Winnipeg trip, I feel like Brendan is like, Jigs wants to go to Winnipeg? God bless. Go to Winnipeg. Be my guest. Uh, I'll stay here. Uh, but in any event, um, so that was a cool surprise. And like you said, I, my my feeling going into this game, we'll talk about the Detroit game in a little bit. My feeling going into this game was also very pessimistic. I was like, oh, great. How, how's this going to work out? And they ended up leaving with a 3 nothing win. And the star of the show was Simeon Varlamov, who made 32 saves, often spectacular ones. Um, the shots 
in the game ended up being 32-21 in favor of the Caps. But that does not tell the whole story. The, the Caps spent the majority of the first period in the Islander zone. They spent most of the second period in the Islander zone. The third period, things evened out. The Islanders actually showed up and uh, and kept, you know, kept them from getting too too close in there, making, you know, getting a goal here and then starting to chip away. The Caps kind of shot blanks all night. And frankly, it was not Darcy Kemper's night, to be blunt. Uh, he gave up a goal to uh, Ryan Pollock 22 seconds into the game. And I thought to myself, man, when was the last time the Islanders scored a goal, you know, right off the, the hop, like 20 some odd seconds in 20, even 30 seconds into the game. And they said that in the, you know, thousand whatever games that the Islanders have played, that's happened eight times where they've scored inside of, you know, 30 seconds. And I'm like, yeah, eight times. And probably the seventh time was in, you know, 1991 or something like that. <laughs> like, I don't remember, especially in this era that this almost never happens, but uh, they took the lead early. Uh, they kind of kept the caps at, you know, the Caps kept trying to get something in the first period. It didn't happen. Barlamov was great. Uh, Hudson Fashing and Thomas uh, Simon Holmstrom scored a beautiful two-on-one. We're going to talk a lot about Holmstrom in a little bit, too. And uh, they got two goals on two sh- shots on goal, which is like, what? Like, <laughs> Josie Kemper's save percentage was zero. The Islanders' shooting percentage was 1,000. Uh, and uh, the second period just was more the same. And Brock Nelson got loose, scored in tight, his fifth goal of the season. And again, they, they played pretty well in the third, I thought. But this was the Varley show. He earned it. He was fantastic. The Islanders' second shutout of the year. But this was a troubling thing because the Caps tried and tried and tried, and they had a ton of shots go wide, over, get get blocked. TJ Oshie thought he had a goal scored, and then he got called back as a goaltender interference. And on one hand, it's like, you know, LOL Caps. But on the other hand, you're just like, man, why did it take you guys two periods to show up and actually like, yeah play a normal period of hockey and, and why would you do that to varley i don't understand why you would do that to this, this poor man is out here standing on his head what are you doing to me he was fantastic the rest of them though it took him 40 minutes to show up and they walked out with a three nothing win so it's kind of a weird one but we'll take that for sure yes uh they they get that early goal and i almost like they threw them it threw them off of their game <laughs> what what is this <laughs> yeah like first period uh, what? And uh, I think there's a lot to be said, obviously, for Barlama, but there was a game last year, and I don't remember who the opponent was, where the Islanders played, they played a really good game, and they had a ton of shot attempts, but they just couldn't hit the back, of, they couldn't hit the net. Do you remember that mm-hmm. at all, vaguely? Like, they kept no. shooting wide or getting shots blocked, and, and I don't remember the opponent at all, but um, no. they, it was like the general kind of consensus after the game was, Hey, they played well, and they just couldn't hit the backside of of the yeah. barn. And you know, we'll see if they can kind of build on that from there. Mm. And that's what it felt like for the Capitals. Like they just <laughs> were, shots were getting blocked, sticks yeah. were blowing up. Barlamov yeah. was <laughs> fabulous, and I do think so. On one hand, the Islanders didn't play well because they just couldn't sustain anything on the offensive zone through the first forty minutes. On the other hand, I thought the defense defensemen individually. Mm-hmm. We're good. Like they were getting in the way. They, they it was very much last ditch, and Adam yeah. Pellick was hurt. So, yes, uh, Pellick goes down five minutes into the game, something and... like that. Yeah, he was favoring his hip, and he yeah. skated off, yeah. and it was not good because he just come back. back. <laughs> yeah, so. It was just a it that was it, that game. It, the game just started so strange with the goals, right. and then him getting hurt um, across the river. Like Adam Fox got hurt almost simultaneously as Pellick. Uh, basically like it, it was almost like, oh yeah, if we're going to take a Ranger, 
Mm. We're gonna also have to take an Islander. Uh, we can't just <laughs> we can't just do that. And and they also took Jack Hughes like the next night. So there's just been some some big injuries around uh, the metro area. But the I thought like Polak, Romanov, uh, Aho, and Mayfield were all pretty good. Boldu, I have no idea. I don't even remember him playing. So uh, which I guess is a good thing for where he's at in his career right now. But uh, I thought those guys individually were pretty good and deserve a little bit of credit for just making it hard to get stuff through. And that last ditch defense defending because the, they were getting no support from the forwards. Like they, yeah. the guy, they must've been absolutely, we, I mean, Varley obviously had to have been gassed by the end of the night, but mm. the, the defensemen too, they were running around all night and they were yeah. having to log long shifts because they couldn't get the puck out. Uh, the, the forwards just couldn't get a four check going. I like give these guys a break until the third period. Um, so yeah, it was the it was a weird night because it felt like when when you win that kind of game where you're outplayed for the most part, the other team probably deserves it. You usually win like three two or something, you know, mm. not three nothing. <laughs> like it, it was a very uh, strange one and made me feel better about the Red Wings game just because. All right, now we have three points out of possible four. We're going into the toughest opponent of the week on Saturday. Um, and like the things that need to to work, like for this team that you at the Islanders absolutely need the goaltending to be uh, to, almost near, near or almost near or at the top of the league to, to have any hope in uh, succeeding this season. And, and, and we should never apologize for that. Hmm. we've we've kind of been conditioned by the hockey media and the <laughs> hockey culture right now to almost feel guilty about having good goalies. Yeah. Um and you shouldn't. The Islanders deserve to have these goaltenders because one was drafted and developed and the other one they traded or they signed on, uh, as a free agent uh, a few years ago and and they've re-signed him and this is uh obviously a plan and it's one that's working out. And I think like the league is in such a strange place with goaltending. There's just not many good goalies in the league mm. that having two, it's, it's almost people are looking at us like these, like greedy, let them eat right. cake kind of people. Right. Like, right. Yeah. You guys, Oh, you guys really need both these guys. Like you can't give the Oilers one. Yeah. You right. know, poor Tristan Jari over there because his, his <laughs> GM thinks that goaltending is black magic. Mm. You can't just loan Farlamov to the Penguins help Dubis out yeah um yeah uh no so we I, shouldn't like feel like the islanders are going to win games because right. their goalie stayed on their head they're going to win a lot of games like that so mm. I, I like i don't feel bad about it mm. i did feel that they should have played better though as a unit yeah. yeah no i don't feel bad about it at all i just want them to get some help like they shouldn't have yeah. to do it that way um yeah and by the way this was also a uh a great game for the uh you know the the crew that when Varley, you know, when it was looking like the Islanders were going to miss the playoffs a couple of years ago, people, why don't they trade for Lamov? They don't need both of these guys. You know, yeah. Sorokin you is just so like good. David Riddick like, yeah, to right. be in there for 20 games? <laughs> yeah. They, they might be able to get, you know, a third line forward or something for him that they could really go. No, this is why you keep the guy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because nobody else has this kind of luxury where you can just suck and still win a game by shutout. <laughs> two, two years ago, they talked about like the goaltending market being uh two free agency classes ago being mm. uh 
like there were there were some goalies out there that just couldn't find uh, a gig because everyone kind of felt they had their goaltending situated. And now it's it's almost the opposite where goaltenders are like having great quarterbacks. You're just not. Why would you give them up? Like, why would yeah. the Islanders <laughs> ever give up either of these guys until they prove and prove themselves not to be good when mm. there's a team out in Edmonton that has two really bad goalies right now, like <laughs> completely tanking their 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 season. Yeah. Uh, the the Leafs are in trouble because of it. Like these are good teams or supposedly good teams. Pittsburgh, Toronto, yeah. Edmonton, uh, even Calgary to some extent, who are uh, the the Lightning have Vasilevsky hurt. Like they they could get tanked because they don't mm. have uh, better insurance and goaltending. I mean, the, 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 the Hurricanes, too. They've got three guys, and, and until right. the past week, like, none of them took took uh, started yeah. to take ownership. Uh, the, the Canucks last year couldn't get a save. The Blue Jackets. Hmm. The, why on earth would the Islanders ever abandon the ship right now with the way the league's at? When, when yeah. scoring's up, it's so hard to be a goalie right now, harder than maybe it's been since the 80s, and we've got the, the best tandem, and Right. People are trying to make us feel that we're we're like mm. circumventing the cap <laughs> by having these two guys almost like you, you're right. not supposed to win that way. The process yeah. is not right. Right. Like, yeah. What's the difference between having your best player as a goalie and and you know Austin Matthews? Right. Oh, you guys got a great goal scorer. We got the guy who does the other the opposite. Yeah. Why is what's why is, why is it what we're doing wrong? Well, the the problem is their models haven't figured out how to how to do goalies yet, so that's why they yeah. can't figure them out. So, but that's a problem for another day. But yeah, that was the Varley show, and thank God because he killed it. Actually, I, I misspoke before. That was his second shutout of the year, and <laughs> the Islanders' third. Uh, he had a shutout in Columbus too, and they mentioned actually the Islanders actually got a mention on Thirty Two Thoughts when somebody said, "Imagine your backup gets two shutouts like that. You're doing pretty well in the goaltending department, right?" So that's pretty good. Um, however. The game's bookending, that Capitals game, were a very different story altogether. So Tuesday night against the Detroit Red Wings, the Islanders lost 4-3 in overtime. They had a two-goal lead, uh, another shorthanded goal, by this time by Casey Zizekas, and then Nelson tipped a, a Noah Dobson shot, and they were playing great. I thought they were great. Uh, through the half of the game, the Islanders had control. Detroit, Detroit didn't really have much of a sniff you know, of, of uh, much. Cal Clutterbuck did get a 10-minute misconduct for barking at the refs for a missed icing. Uh, not the last time the refs have become part of the story. But then about halfway through the uh, the game, the Red Wings come a lot. Uh, Jake Wallman ties, gets a – yeah, he gets – sorry. Uh, Daniel Sprong scores, and then Ajo and Balduk uh, misplay. Jake Wallman ties the game. JT Comfer basically scores into an open net. And in four minutes, the Red Wings have gone from being down 2 nothing to being up 3-2. Uh, Bo Horvat scored late in the third uh, from the slot on the power play. Beautiful power play goal to tie it. And they go to overtime. And Horvat, the, who looked like the hero a minute earlier, turns the puck over at the blue line. And Lucas Raymond scores on a nice pass. I mean, it was a two-on-one with, with JT Comp. And again, Sorokin was fantastic. He's the only guy who is not culpable in any of this. He made 32 saves. Billy Huso was pretty good. He made 36 of his own. The Islanders led in shots, and they were very good until they stopped playing. And it was like, what are you guys doing? You're up 2 nothing going into the third. What, what are you doing? Why did you just stop playing and let the Red Wings just sort of take the game over? And I, I was telling a friend of mine the next day at work, not he's a Red Wings fan. I said, no offense, but like, 
I don't think the Red Wings won that game so much as the Islanders just gave it to them. Like, I don't understand why. And this, again, this wouldn't be the first time I would think this. Why are they playing like assholes? Why are you doing this? And it's it's a frustrating thing. It's not the first time the Islanders have done this. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But, I mean, you were at this game. And as you said, I mean, you obviously didn't know what was going to happen a few nights later against Carolina. <laughs> but, like, you're saying that you, you actually felt a little bit kind of uh, uplifted despite kind of blowing right. a, a game that you had won in the third period, basically. And I think this is a theme for both these games is that I do think that last year's team uh, at this junction of the season, so pre Horvat and Engvall, loses that game in regulation. Yeah, it's uh, probably true. they probably lose by two goals. <laughs> like, both both <laughs> those matter for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like it's, uh, and I think that the addition of Horvat and Engvall to a lesser extent. The, and the emergence of Holmstrom as a bona fide like NHL contributor has raised the floor of this team considerably where even when they are playing like assholes, hmm. they can still salvage something. Um, and one of the, one of the things that why I was so happy was they scored that power play goal. How many times last year? Did we say it's not even like the the abysmal meager percentage that they're clipping at this season? Mm. It's that when they get the the chance on the power play late mm. in the game to to score to tie a game or to go ahead, they just would absolutely puke all over themselves. Yeah. And yeah. then this time, I mean, that was their best looking power play. I can't even remember yeah. how long that that when when have you seen a play like that? Yeah, the power play has looked better. Even and it's scoring better, obviously. It's not not great, but it looks a hell of a lot better than it did last year. That's yeah. That, I mean, that play that that was a th- that's a play like you'll you'll be watching a game on ESPN Plus or Center Ice. You'll be watching uh, like the Lightning and say, oh, "I can't." I, when have the Islanders ever been able to pull something off like right. that? When's the last time? Maybe with Thomas Vanek. Yeah. Um, and that was why I kind of walked out of there feeling okay. Like they, they did score that big power play goal. They got a point after falling behind and they, they squandered that lead. Mm. Generally, I thought they, they played fine until that junction when they just, uh, you know, gave, gave the game away. And, Mm. uh, I I was, I was just much more encouraged and discouraged except for that little blip. And and like you said, I don't, I don't know at this time the the context of this game and what's to come on Saturday. It's kind of like when when people in history make decisions, uh, like the masses, and right. you're like, yeah, well, the, they don't know what's coming in, you know, mm. World War II. Like they don't understand twenty years from now what what like they're walking into and why they're following these people. Like they just don't have that context. So I didn't have the context of uh, that the island. Like I'm walking uh, out of UBS Arena thinking. <laughs> You know, oh, that that was good. I'm glad we got a point out of that. But I also know that we're going to do this again. Like we're going to make the same mistake. Like I just don't don't have the context at the time past me. Yeah. Uh, so I'm okay with it. And I, and I do think that Horvat. So there was talk about the Islanders' record uh, on 32 yeah. thoughts since Horvat came back. And I think that the the big thing that he's brought to the team is like there's a lot less guesswork. Yeah with the Islanders when with him on the team, like we're not trying to figure out, okay, we just got to ride, ride the hot hand or hope we catch lightning in a bottle with Matt Barzell and Austin Zarnick, <laughs> who was on the ice for the Red Wings. Like right. we're, you know, there's a, 
they're not guessing at who can be on that top line anymore. Mm. Uh, it's it's those two guys and then a third person, and and you really only need two to drive a line, so it's a lot less difficult uh, to figure out. So just his presence really makes a huge, huge difference. Um, and it showed in that power play goal. That being said, yeah, you walk out of there, then they get the two points uh, against the Capitals. So I'm feeling even a little bit better mm. about the game against Detroit, waking up on Friday morning and going to the game on Saturday. And, and then uh, all sorts of confusion was just heaped on me by the hurricanes. Yeah. This, this one, I was so angry after that Red Wings game. I was so mad because I was watching. My wife was next to me, and she was like asleep, and I just kept getting angrier and angrier. And every single time they scored, I was getting madder and madder because the Islanders just didn't do anything to stop them. Like, they just let these guys walk in and take the game. And then, like, like the comfort play, he, like, he was just standing by himself, just by by the, the open net. And I was just like, what are you doing? Do they know what is going on right now? And then when Raymond scored – he was smiling and he was excited and I'm sure he was happy, but I just, I could have strangled him. Like I was so angry <laughs> that I was just like, I hate this. I hate when they do this, you know, the three and, on three is a joke. Yeah. I, right. Well, this, that's a conversation for another time. Cause when we get, we'll get to it because th- this team is worthless. And I mean, now the new power play is overtime. Like the, this team goes overtime. They're going to lose. <laughs> they're just going to lose. So, so here's, you know, Detroit, it's a terrible thing. You think to yourself, all right, listen, that's going to happen to you. It happens to everybody. They're going to talk it out and talk, go over the tape and figure out what happened. And they'll have, a, you know, hopefully discuss it and talk about it. And then Thursday's the game against the Cavs happened and they win it. And again, they didn't play well, but it was a different kind of game. And, and, you know, Varley was great. So, okay, whatever. And then here comes a game on Carolina. Now, Carolina obviously is not off to the season that they wanted to. Not nearly as bad as people might make it sound, but just not really out there doing the things that they normally do. Uh, they are their goalies aren't very good this year. Freddie Anderson's hurt. Go figure. Uh, and <laughs> Auntie Ranta's numbers are terrible. And obviously, you have the the extra juice of the playoff series from a year ago. By the way, happy retirement, Paul Stastny. You believe this guy? He, he eliminates the Islanders, and then it's just like, all right, I'm out of here. Like, go screw you, Paul Stastny. Get lost. Anyway. Nice career. Uh, so the I thought, again, this was a very, very similar to the Detroit game. I thought they were pretty even for the most part in the first period. Uh, Noah Dobson, who continues his resurgent uh, social media free career, uh, is having a, an extraordinary season. And this, is, has to, this has to be the nicest goal of his career. That drag and shoot uh, from the slot was beautiful. I jumped out of my seat. I was like, oh, like I just, I couldn't get, I was like Butch at that point, you know, uh, beautiful, beautiful goal. And it's just the visions of what could be not just for that game, but forever just pop in your head and like, man, if this guy's going to do stuff like this, this, I mean, that was like, that was like prime Eric Carlson type goal. Like, that's just like, nobody else does that. And he just did it. And it was, it was a gorgeous thing. Then Simon Holmstrom scores another gorgeous goal. He's on a two on O with JG Pajot scores a beautiful goal in the second period. And then Barzell, who was the best player on the ice in the first period, uh, roofs a, a wrister in close from Horvat, and and okay, the uh, the Red Wings are leading in I mean, the Red Wings, the Hurricanes are leading in shots, but every time they make a mistake, the Islanders pounce on it and score a goal, and you're like, okay, well, you know what? That's sort of Islanders hockey thing, and so I'm okay with that. But then Jaden Chatfield scores, and it's like three one at the end of two, and you're like. All right. If you come out, yeah, listen, it happens. What are you going to do? You come out, you tighten things up in the third, play your usual third period game. They did it against Washington. 
we can walk out of here with a four nothing win, four one win, and and you know, we'll forget this that Chatfield goal ever happened. Didn't, but it didn't work out that way. The Hurricanes just shot from everywhere. They had a twenty to five shots on goal advantage in the third. They were all over the Islanders. Orlov scores from the blue line. Then Kukkimniemi scores just as Scott Mayfield's penalty expires. And then, you know, it's a tie game. They go to overtime. Again, the Islanders get one chance. It does not go in. It goes right back the other way, and Sebastian Ajo scores. And as mad as I was against the Red Wings, I was twice as mad against the Hurricanes because you guys had them. Like, you had them. You were up 3 nothing. All you had to do was just not let them do the shooting gallery thing. And I know that that's the way they play, but, like, the Islanders had had already, at points in that game, taken over and done their own shooting gallery. So like, they're not like this impenetrable force that you can't stop. Like you can get the puck from them and do their thing to them. They just chose not to. And Sorokin made 44 saves, 44 saves. And he still lost. <laughs> and it's like, come on, Ronta made 22. Give me a break. And I was just, and attempts like the, the shot attempts, you know, from all over the place, the Corsi for whatever you want to call it, were a hundred to 38 in favor of the hurricanes, just a hundred and and then their answer afterwards was like, yeah, they do that to everybody. A hundred shot attempts? Seriously, they did that to everybody? I don't think so. I just and this is where I started to think to myself, you guys just played like assholes. Like that was yeah. that's it. You do for the third period, you guys for the first half of the game, you guys were playing pretty even. And then you just decided to play like assholes. And you lost. And you can't keep doing this. Like you can't and there, I hear see this stuff like, oh, they're on a hundred and six point pace. You want to watch this for a hundred and six more points? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to watch this. This is bullshit. Like, don't play like this. Give me a break. I don't care how many points. Because then you know what happens. The Islanders get 106 points. Guess what? The Rangers are going to have 120. The Devils are going to have 118. And somebody else is going to have 115. And the Islanders are going to miss the playoffs. <laughs> like, that's just how it works. I can't take this. I don't care how, how what pace they're on. You can't play like this. This is the National Hockey League. What are you doing? I just, I'm, I'm still flabbergasted to this day, 24 hours later. I still can't believe what I watched. Because I watched it twice. <laughs> It's just, it's ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, you weren't at this one too, were you? Yeah, I was. I was. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a little break here because I got a <laughs> wedding on Saturday, so I can't go. And then they're on the road. So uh, looking forward to not going to a couple of games. Yeah. But um, you're not going to Calgary. It's true. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not, not planning on it yet. Uh, <laughs> it's, it was, I think you're right. Like they, they did play like assholes because, they kind of they almost admitted to it at the by not yeah. saying it by not a, by not saying oh we played like assholes at the end. <laughs> this is this is what these guys do. Yeah, yeah. We saw them in the playoffs. Like, right. If you knew that was gonna if you oh you, you, these guys they get right on you. It's, it's hard to to relieve the pressure. We got to get mm. stop playing in our own end uh, as much against these kind of guys because if you do that like they're they're relentless. Mm. Yeah. I know, like we we all know this about the Rod Brendamore's Carolina Hurricanes, who've been in your division, have right. played you in two playoff series <laughs> since 2018. Ryan Pollock said, "Yeah, we kind of took our foot off the gas in the third period, dude. You didn't take your foot off the gas. You parked the car, you threw the keys into a sewer, and you walked the rest of the way. You didn't take your foot off the gas. You just stopped playing. You stopped driving. What the hell are you talking about? But yeah, the way they kind of just throw it off like that is really irritating. Yeah, it was a little cowardly." And uh, the way they played, I think, and I thought mm. that there, there were a couple of bright spots again: Holmstrom, Barzell, and Horvat. Yeah, uh, 
obviously Dobson, who has just been a mm. revelation all season. The Nelson Angval line was pretty good for the most part, but you, everybody who at least that I could think of, uh, if I went name by name in that game, at least had one chance to completely like depressurize a situation, right? And just flubbed it. I mm. I can probably recall every one of them, uh, every player on the team, and that just that stuff heads up. And I thought that the coaching, like Lambert's coming under fire again. Mm. And I, I would say that I, I will say uh, if if they do play at 107 point p- pace uh, for a whole season, I, I don't care if they they play with skates on their hands, I, I'll take it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, you gotta we gotta get this guy out. He's not the answer, and he might not be. <laughs> it's it's funny mm. that the Islanders just have a coach after a season and uh, about a hundred games now with with the playoffs. And we just—I still don't know the answer with this guy. Yeah. Um. It's true. But I will say he got way too cute in the the Red Wings game. He admitted to it. The Islanders were playing really well, and then he flips That's Oliver right. Wallstrom to the top line. Wallstrom ends up making two mistakes on one play that end up in the back of the net. <laughs> uh. And then then he gets scratched, and uh, Fashing plays well in his stead, and it looks like the Islanders mm-hmm. have a stable twelve yeah. forward group at the time. But then in this game, he. Like he he's riding these defensemen, not named Sam Bolduc and Sebastian Ajo to some extent, so hard on November fourth. <laughs> if you're gonna play Ryan Pollock twenty six hard minutes in November, like that's gonna catch up to you. He's he, yeah. someone will get hurt. The, the 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 chance for injury obviously goes up with the more you play, and they're gonna make more mistakes. If if Sam Bolduc can't play more than nine minutes a night. Yeah. In in a game in November, j- do something about it. Yeah, you can't do like you can't coach a team like that. Hmm. Uh, you can't. You just it's we're not. What well, I'll say this like when the Islanders played the Hurricanes last year in the playoffs, you and I and everybody was like, okay, Bolduc better not touch the ice again after the first <laughs> shift that he took. Right. Yeah. That this is not. A playoff series. Right. This is November. Yeah. You, you, you're going to kill these guys. Like Romanov and, and Polak are yeah. out there killing penalties and uh, blocking shots, taking a ton of abuse behind the net, all this stuff. And th- that's where I think it's fair to, it's very, it, it is a week where I think sometimes fans are just critical on the coach because it's the easy thing to do. But I think this week you there's like tangible things that you can point to and say what were you thinking yeah here uh and he admitted to after the red wings game said uh that he, he was upset with the barzell and horvat defensive work mm. and then after the the game he said yeah i kind of looked at it and realized i was probably wrong <laughs> so which is yeah. i guess good that he admitted to being wrong yeah. but at the same time just why were you you were up to nothing you were playing so well as a unit, why does it matter? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then this game, I, like I, they, it was clear that this team was kind of crying out for yeah. a breather at some point. You needed, he almost, it should have almost been the opposite, where you should have just jumbled the shit out of this, this yeah. team for the last ten minutes or seven <laughs> minutes because <laughs> something wasn't clicking in the defensive zone, and and you needed to find something. And Horvat obviously went off for a little bit and my stomach sank because I was just thinking yeah. about how good he's been all season that entire game. Mm. Uh, 
but yeah, I, I there was, I think, uh, it was, it was very disjointed from the coaching to the, just the actual execution execution. Mm. I feel a little worried about Anders Lee more just existential. Yeah. That's more existential than anything too. Yeah. That's I'm a whole just, conversation for another day. Anderson, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. You got to give him a little more, probably to like Thanksgiving and then we can yeah kind of talk about it. But, uh, yeah. he, he, it's almost like a little Josh Bailey-ish out there for him right now where <laughs> like from last season, where every, yeah. every time he has a puck, you're, you're like, just, just pass it to the, the right team. Yeah. And if you do yeah. that, well, we can get behind you. You're the captain. We love you. Just, just yeah. baby steps here. I think there's a place for Lee somewhere still, but I don't know where it is. And especially yeah, if the know. third line is going to be Pajot, uh, Fashing, and, and Holmstrom, which is working fairly well right now. Um, you know, he's going to get, he's going to have to play on the first yeah. line, or they're going to have to put him on the fourth line and rotate in, you know, Martin or whatever. And <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah, I was talking about some of that today. Like his, his yeah. best spot on this team as it's currently constructed and with nobody hurt on the forwards, mm. it's probably. He he should probably just play in Matt Martin's spot, but you just they're yeah. just never gonna right. do that. And uh yeah, it's that's that's a tough decision to make and yeah. like I said, more existential than anything, and probably don't wanna <laughs> pull that cord right, right now. No. Um But uh but you bring up a good point about Pullock twenty six minutes uh in the in against the Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, yeah, these are hard, Rom- hard minutes. Like, yeah, Romanov two twenty five seven shots on hundred shot right. attempts. They're just like throwing themselves. Yeah. Um Pullock also played twenty five against Detroit. I think Dobson played twenty six in that game. He played twenty six uh Dobson did against Carolina. I mean against Washington. So Jeez. yeah, these guys are right. But now and and now Pellick is hurt and we don't know when he's gonna come back. He did skate before the Carolina game. So yeah. hopefully it's nothing too serious. But, uh, you know, he's always kind of one hit away from from being hurt and for out for a while. And, you know, I, at first I was critical of Lane, uh, these things, you know, against the the Red Wings, people made a big deal about that line switch. But my whole thing was that I don't care who's on what line. Why are you letting these guys just tee off on your goalie? I don't understand whether it's Wallstrom or Barzell. Why are we doing this? And And I'm not going to like. I'm definitely not going to absolve Lane of any of this. I'm with you. I, I get no sense of what he is as a coach at all. This is he's like Steve Sterling 2.0 for me. Like I don't know if this is good or bad. Like I just don't know <laughs> at this point. Um, I know his his uh, you know post game and pre game uh, press press availabilities aren't anything to write at home about. But that's not his. You know can't really ding him too much for that. But uh, but my biggest thing and and again I'm not absolving Lane of any of this. You know, I'm not going to sit here and like, you know, put my, you know, hitch my, my wagon to him or anything. But I will say that this is a problem that goes back to the Islanders for like 10 years. We were talking about this exact thing during the Jack Capuano era when I remember people being like, oh, Cappy has them has them go into a defensive shell in the third period. And then you'd hear Capuano talk and he'd be like, well, you know, we, we got to keep pushing in the third. I don't know why we stopped pushing. So it's like, well, then he doesn't want them to go into a defensive shell. He wants them to keep pushing. So why do they go into a defensive shell? I don't know. Then it was Doug Waite, and that they did not play defense at all that year. Then it was Barry Trotz, and you know it happened under Trotz too. Remember, there was a game in San Jose. Was there a game in San Jose where they blew like a three goal lead or something like that and lost an overtime or a shootout yeah. or something like that? So it did happen with a little bit less frequency. And here we are again now. I, you know, I just and it gets back to and I, you know I hate to sound crass like this but it really does get go back to them just playing like assholes 
and nobody sitting on the bench and being like, guys, you're playing like assholes. Why are we doing this? Like who on the, there's a captain and two guys with letters in Clutterbuck and Nelson. Why doesn't somebody step up and be like, what are we doing out here? I I'm with you. And I never say this. So for me to say, this is crazy. Why wasn't there a timeout called like when in either of those two games, when I think they the called one in Detroit and then, and then the Red Wings scored like a, a minute later. Oh, well, they, <laughs> all right, maybe that's why they definitely didn't call one against Carolina. No, they didn't call one. They right. did not call it against the hurricane. But like, I'm just like, is this like an, I mean, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to throw this around, but is there like an on ice, like leadership issue? We're not like hot take artists here. If we were, we'd have a lot more downloads and make a lot more money. But like, is there like a, a, uh, a leadership is this like a country club thing happening right now where like nobody wants to tell the guy next to them pull your pants up and <laughs> stop somebody from from getting you know a free open shot on our net because we're gonna lose this game i don't know why i'm sitting at home like practically jumping out of my skin thinking that and these guys aren't it's just again it's infuriating i can read the scoreboard too man like i know it's hard like it's hard and these guys are playing hard minutes but like somebody's got to step up and do something and like you said if sam boldu can't handle 10 minutes in a game then send him back down to Bridgeport. Like, I don't understand what. Yeah, but who cares? You're going right. to, oh, he's going to get claimed on waivers. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> he's not playing 10 minutes. He's, he, right. So you're telling me if, if, if another defenseman gets hurt and Bull Duke all of a sudden becomes right. the fifth defenseman of this group, he's, you're, everyone's going to say, oh, yep, he's ready to go. Like, he's clearly not <laughs> if he can't, if he can't play 10 minutes right, right now. Uh, so yeah, they, that's a situation that needs to be yeah. figured out. And, uh, if they, if the plan this season was we're going to give him the Sebastian Ajo treatment and just let him watch and watch and learn. Mm. And hopefully it works out the same way as Ajo fine. Mm. But if he has to play, he can't play 10 minutes or less because this, yeah. these guys are going to die out there. Yeah. <laughs> Someone. And, and the problem is that they will like, like right. willingly Ryan yeah. Polak and, and Alex Romanov. Sure. I think if, if you told them the Islanders aren't allowed to play with shoulder pads today, they'd say, okay, yeah, <laughs> like they're they're nuts they are right. crazy people and they're blocking everything um yeah i i don't know i really don't know what the because they all like they also are supposed to have these uh role players like these fire fire men almost yeah like guys who are there to put out fires Sezikis and pajot and there mm. used to be a, a trots used to really have a midas touch with when to double shift guys yeah. he put out Sezikis Pajot and Pajot or yeah. yeah um even going back to the Val Philpola days yeah he'd have right. like Philpola out there with uh with with Sezikis or Philpola with Nelson and just use use that player as his I know that Val Philpola is never gonna get us in trouble he might yeah. he, he 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 might not be the best player in the league right now but he if the puck comes to his stick in his defensive mm. zone he's gonna hit it off the glass and it's gonna right. allow us to change and it seemed like Pajot and Sezikis kind of became that after a while then it looked it looks like Lambert kind of has a chance to build something with Pajot and Holmstrom and Fashing or somebody or, or if mm. you throw Sezikis out there with them but every time it feels like every time he does that now First of all, he's doing it way too much. <laughs> uh, we don't need to see JG Pajot and Casey Zizekas. Like Casey Zizekas doesn't need to take Hudson Fashing's spot on the Pajot line. Right. Six minutes into the game. <laughs> you want to you talk about it when there's four minutes left and the Islanders are defending a 2-1 lead against the Hurricanes and they've been under mm. pressure all game? By all means. 
mm-hmm. but in a like we're it's just a little heavy-handed almost uh to to do it for that and and who knows if that's like jockeying with everything too it's it's does feel disjointed and here's the best part the islanders are playing at 107 point pace right now so there's all there's so much that can be fixed Mm. and if they do fix it then look out like this team has shown that they can win ugly and they've got the goal these goalies the things that are like i said in the beginning the things that need to work are working they're getting the goaltending noah dobson needed to step up he is horvat and barzell needed to click they are yeah, and they're Nelson, even getting Palmieri. some extracurricular stuff. Yeah, Palmieri's and that line yeah. is needed to right. continue its tra- trajectory. It is, sure. um, and they're getting the extracurricular stuff from right. guys like Holmstrom, who mm. we we got to talk about because he's been awesome. So uh, yeah. it's it's the sky isn't falling, but it's mm. it's so <laughs> just annoying because yeah. yeah, the Islanders are in a good spot in mm. terms of points banked right now. They're yeah. going into a really tough stretch of the season, and we all know that. There's going to be, because maybe there's not, mm. but we're conditioned to believe that there's a huge losing streak around the corner <laughs> at, at, at every moment. Yeah. And it usually comes around Thanksgiving. Usually right. I'm sitting at Thanksgiving and uh, yeah. trying my best to put on a happy face, but it's hard for me to do it because <laughs> the Islanders are two, seven, and one in their last yeah. 10, and I'm a loser. And that really matters to me mm. more than this holiday. Like I can't, I can't chew yeah. through these. Uh, yams and this turkey yeah. and gravy <laughs> and put on a happy face if if the islanders mm. are are spiraling out of control in western canada i just can't do it i'm not strong enough to do it mm. uh but at, at the same token so we, we we expect that losing streak to come but i do think mm. that this team is good enough that these the, those losing streaks are gonna it's gonna be hard for this team to go on a knock on wood mm. it's gonna be harder for this team to go on losing streaks compared to teams we've seen in the past uh, last year and the year before that because before that the goaltending and Dobson like the, the, the team mm. last year when they were wilting didn't have Horvat yeah. uh, when they went out west and it <laughs> came home with big zero points uh yeah. when they went through p- this Pacific Northwest and just got absolutely pantsed by all of Alberta <laughs> and and the Kraken and Canucks or, they beat the Canucks actually so they did get two let me stop you right there yeah. so we'll take a break and we'll come back with what could be a potential losing streak coming up in the next three games. And then we'll also talk about Simon Holmstrom and uh, throw in a little extra stuff too. Okay. So come back and meet us on the other side. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. And now a word from our sponsors. First is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, mugs, and more featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and The Island merch, and our portion of the sales always go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code ANXIETY20 to save 20% off an order of two items. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and available at local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinotproject.com. Please drink responsibly. So the Islanders have three more games coming up this week, uh, Tuesday versus the Minnesota Wild, uh, Thursday at Boston, and Saturday at home against the Washington Capitals, who they just beat, obviously, 3-0. I want to talk about these three games as a whole because this could be a disaster. And then one thing we didn't touch touch on while we were talking about the game against the Hurricanes was that at the same time that the Islanders are blowing a 3-0 lead against the Hurricanes, the Rangers were in St. Paul, Minnesota, Blowing a 3-0 lead against the Minnesota Wild. The only difference was the Rangers lost in a shootout and the Islanders lost in overtime. So if you don't think the Wild uh, could come in and you know beat the Islanders uh, on a Tuesday in UBS, you would be wrong. I know I never give this team enough, enough uh, attention because they're boring and I don't like them, but this is a potentially bad game. I don't need to tell you anything more about a game at Boston that you guys already don't know. This is a house of horrors again for the Islanders. They've won, you know, what they're twice maybe in the last 20 years. The Bruins are off to an amazing start. I'm glad I didn't jump on the they're done bandwagon because they're still really good. And then the Caps are going to come in on Saturday looking to avenge that 3 nothing loss in which they played pretty well, except they didn't have Simeon Varlamov. <laughs> they used to, but they don't anymore. Um, so in looking at these three games, like, what do you see? Because again, we talked about you joked about it before, but I'm looking at three games here that could potentially be a problem for the Islanders if they don't button up and start playing 60 minute games where the other team doesn't get to just tee off on their goalie for a period or two. Uh, They need to win. They need to get points. They've been collecting points, which is good, but I think they need to win two out of these three. If you lose in Boston, you lose in Boston, but like if you can beat the wild and capitals, I think you're okay. Uh, But I don't know. It seems like as I'm sitting here right now, it seems like a bit of a tall one. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 
I think, yeah, you just, it's the, the simple answer always is you want to get four out of six. Um, yeah. But it's important. This three game jaunt mm. is, is quite important because uh, of what's to follow, which is all of a sudden things get really busy. I think the Islanders have, I'm looking at this right, starting with that wild game, have uh, 10 games in less than three weeks. So like 10 in 19 yeah. days or 20 days. Very packed schedule oh, until the early yeah, early December. It gets, yeah, it gets crazy because their their trip through uh, Alberta and the mm. Pacific Northwest is four four games in uh, yeah. in six nights. So we'll talk about that next week. Yep. Yeah, and that looming on the whole horizon means that you need to you need to put some points in your pocket before you go yeah. out there. Okay. No <laughs> like <laughs> you can't. This team, if they go out there, uh, worst case scenario, they. They they go out there five five and three. They could come home in a, in a ton of trouble. So it's weird. It's weird to say it like this, but that wild game is is so important just because it it will alleviate some of that pressure that they're going to face next week. And mm. you know this this is a team that of course doesn't get any uh, too much media coverage, <laughs> but when they go out to Vancouver, oh boy, yeah. So that's going to be a, a situation. Who are playing lights out, by the way, right now. The yeah, Canucks, yeah. The, the Canucks don't, are playing well. And yeah. The, the Oilers are, um, but like, and I know we're getting ahead of, ahead of ourselves, but I think it's all relevant to these three mm. games coming up, which is you need to find a way to get three yeah. points out of this at the bare minimum because yeah. uh, of what's looming. You, you could really go into a tailspin when you fly out to yeah. uh, Alberta. And we saw it last year. They went into that Alberta trip last year in good shape i think it was they had a win and i remember anders lee talking about uh going out west and and feeling like they had a lot of momentum and and that's good and uh then the first game was rough and then he said yeah well the first one's always a little tough uh, but we got our legs under us now so we'll be fine for the rest of the trip and they were just terrible (laughs) for the rest of the trip and came home and that was i think right as lou was then lou made maybe had that press conference right after where (laughs) everyone Andrew Gross famously asked him about how Bridgeport was doing mm. uh, while the Islanders were in a tailspin. And like his first question was, hey, you, you know, Bridgeport's not doing that well. Does that concern you at all? And Lou was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but th- the fact that Lou had to come out and have a, a press conference after yeah. that just tells you how, how poor they were playing. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I'm expecting the worst, hoping for the best here. I yeah, just want, definitely. I just want, I just want to go to bed on Saturday, Saturday like my sister's wedding on, on Saturday, the mm-hmm. 11th. So I just want to go to bed that night, uh, <laughs> wake up on, wake up on Sunday and not be mad right. at yeah. the Islanders. That would be great. Uh, and you know, like I said, if they take three points uh, the, out of the wild and Bruins, then you can enjoy the wedding. You could be like, right. yeah, you know, we'll see what happens with the caps. But again, like, and this, this gets back to what you were saying before. We didn't really mention this enough. This team has the tools. They just turn their brains yeah. off half the time and, like, and, 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 and it takes them getting used to that that takes them getting used to yeah because when the islanders went up and they ended up blowing it so hmm. this kind of throws water on the point i'm about to make but <laughs> the islanders were when they gave up that first goal against the hurricanes immediately it's in my head i'm like okay this game's tied and yeah. you might as well be tied right first first one of four wins hmm. and then i saw bo, bo horvat come out and take a face off and i was thought to myself Oh yeah, we got this guy. Like this, this is a good team. Like, and after he goes off, the Brock Nelson line, which is probably our best line, is coming out. And then after he goes off, we got Pajot, Holmstrom, and Fashion. Yeah. Like this is, we're in good shape here. 
Yeah. Uh, it, so that does there. take some getting used to. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe the key is getting like a you know a healthy defense and maybe getting like you said. Yeah. No offense to Sam Balduk, but maybe they get an upgrade there. But I'm glad you brought up Holmstrom because we wanted to talk about him a little bit. He's been fantastic. And I think this guy is really rounding into the kind of player that we saw when the Islanders drafted him. He was, uh, let's say, a reach, I guess, or a bit of a reach when they picked him. Nobody he wasn't really on any boards. Didn't really kind of like grade out to being super high scoring, high octane kind of guy. But you're seeing a guy who has a great deal of hockey IQ. And when he gets an open chance at scoring, he can make things happen. And again, that two-on-o with J.G. Pajot was absolutely fantastic. The two-on-one with uh, Hudson Fashing against the Caps was also fantastic. He may he might be the best thing to have happened to Fashing this year because those guys really seem to work really well together. And Pajot was a bit of a Swiss Army knife himself. Uh, and it's kind of exciting to see. I mean, I don't think he's going to win any awards, but like I remember, I thought to myself during. That Hurricanes game, man, if Simon Holmstrom ends up with like 10 or 12 goals this year and plays a very defensively sound game and like can can you know really contribute in a third line role in the top nine, damn, that's pretty good <laughs> for a guy who's what, what is he, 23, something like that? So, you know, he look he's got a real baby face. I'll tell I'll tell you that. He doesn't really like, you know, instill a ton of confidence in looking at him. You know, he's not the kind of guy you might want to jump into battle after. But boy, I, you know, I we, a lot of us were concerned about that pick, but I could see now why they they liked him because he's got a lot of tools that I think are really going to help this team. And uh, I just hope he continues. Man, I'm a sucker for shorthanded goals. I love shorthanded goals, so anytime a guy gets one, I'm already happy about it. But uh, this is fun. So, I mean, you've watched him twice in the, live in the, in the last week. I mean, it must be, uh, it must be fun kind of, kind of seeing uh, the evolution of Simon. It's kind of cool. I, yeah, this is a, a really nice surprise. Um, I remember that draft. So he went, what, like 23rd or something? 19th something like overall? That, yeah you know late late first round and i do so now the general rule of thumb is that if you're picking 16th or you're picking 47th there's really no difference that's why (laughs) these teams are so willy-nilly about trading Mm. first round picks if they're in like the the high 20s or whatever um because they all say like you might as well just go get your guy then because it's Mm. there's really not a difference it's a lot it's pretty hard to figure out that that part of the draft after the the truly uh blue chip prospects go <laughs> and the islanders just got absolutely lampooned for this pick sure i remember yeah. i remember the people being like who yeah i had this guy going 103rd i had this guy <laughs> off the board don't know who this one is and he was very young right. for the draft too yeah um i believe the, and the best you heard was like well they're pretty good so they have time to let him cook you know but Right. This is not a this was not a sexy pick in in any way shape or form at all. And what you just said is exactly what I think the strategy was. Yeah. Which is the right which is the strategy that now gets praised. Yeah. Oh, Kyle Dubas he's just going for whatever guy he thinks has like the highest skill level in when mm-hmm. he's picking 37th overall cuz he knows the difference between picking 16th and 37th is is <laughs> negligible. So he just goes and gets his guy. But when when Lou did it, it yeah. it wasn't it was uh setting the game backwards but when the other guys do it it's 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 this like brand new way of thinking right. uh and their development for it was the 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 plan is working to this extent mm. i mean it's early and he's but he's looked so good mm. and uh he's just he's slippery he's smart and he's definitely making pajot a lot better yeah i think 
like Pacho just hasn't had an outlet to pass to in a very long time. The guys he's been playing with, like he, he had Parisi last year, but even Parisi's like, let me just pass it in front of this puppy dog yeah. and he's going to go chase it down. Mm. Now we're starting to see Pajo has the opportunity to show some hands in tight with, with Holmstrom and it's working really well. Um, and the, and the Islanders and the front office deserve some credit here. And nobody, I, 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 I like you, my, my athletic subscription is, uh, retired it's it's gone the way of the dodo right uh so i can't go see redrafts well you know I'm, there's there's a re, a couple of redrafts every month mm. I, I would love to see the 2019 the most recent 2019 redraft because i, I wonder if anyone's paying attention that that holmstrom has been been pretty good uh of late uh he's him he's dobson's definitely been the most important surprise and mm. uh, through 10 games with just like how the the level he's playing at I'm not surprised that he's playing well, but the actual, the, the like the, the elite level he's playing at mm. has been a surprise. And then uh, Holmstrom just taking the step forward uh, has been quite nice, especially because he wasn't that good in like the first couple of games. He was scratched. Yeah. Right. Uh, and since then, he's been quite good. Uh, yeah. And if the Islanders have something here, all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. like the, the problem of this team needs more scoring is kind of gone. Yeah. I think he's he... on pace for. 25 goals i mean that would be awesome you know i mean again even 15 would be awesome yeah i think <laughs> like, that would i think fantastic. if you got 15 goals from simon holmstrom right you're like holy shit like the islanders might be something here right and and i think like you said him peugeot and fashing i think are very similar players in that they don't they're not fancy like they just kind of get to it they understand the assignment and they make things happen and then they're 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 what the Islanders were, you know, two, three years ago at their best under Barry Trotz, which is that they don't give up a ton in terms of, you know, defense. They, they're able to keep the other team at bay. But once they get an opportunity, they take it and they run with it and like they counterattack. And I like seeing that, you know, that to me is pretty good. Um, but, uh, you know, and, he, and then they're both none of them are afraid to like dig a puck out of a corner or uh, try and jump on something if it's there. But they're not going to they're not going to chance it. So. Uh, I like seeing it. And again, I, I'm not going to say I'm eating crow on it because I just remember at the time being like, well, I guess we'll see what happens in a couple of years. I mean, and how, yeah. are we, we, we're, we're, right. how are we going to know? Yeah, exactly. We just go, uh, we just go off of what we're, what we're supposed to trust the, as you like to call them, the draft grifters, the prospect <laughs> grifters, right? We're supposed to trust these guys because they get paid yeah. to do it. Right. Um, and when you tell me that this guy has, this yeah. is a terrible draft pick and, hmm. Four years later, when you're when your your test is due, like your homework is due. If you're a prospect grifter, your homework is due like five years later yeah, to see how you right. did. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see somebody who's uh, who mm. who wrote about this and was like, nah, I actually kind of like that pick. It was fine. I, I'd like to get uh, some of their takes on Oliver Wallstrom, who we're not going to talk about in this episode, yeah. but who is seems like uh, a man out of time, a man out of yeah. place. We don't know right. what to do with this guy anymore. And yeah, uh, that's the yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Uh, it just tells it, you how hard it is to like kind of just predict this stuff. Is yeah, yeah. At this time last year, it'd be like, yeah, Holmstrom is mm. uh, probably uh, just not going to work out, but Wallstrom looks great. Yeah, yeah. He's had times where he did look great, and none of them have been this season. So we shall see. Uh, all right. Um, one last thing we need to discuss is uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, of course, because yes. we like to make fun of them. Uh, people are just now realizing that maybe signing Ryan Reeves to a three-year contract <laughs> might not have been a great idea. Now, 
I don't know where they would have gotten the idea that it was a great idea, except for the fact that it's the Leafs, but it's pretty funny. Like, so they had this incident, uh, Brad Marchand can openered Timothy Lilligren. He went into the boards or whatever. He got hurt. He's out for a while. That's obviously terrible. But of course there was no pushback, no, no response, no nothing from God's chosen team, including having, you know, uh, Reeves on it, who was praised for yelling at Corey Perry from the bench, even though, you know, if you listen to our last episode of Master Leaf Theater, it was obviously very funny. Uh, and I, my favorite thing about this whole Reeves thing is is he was like, yeah, you know, I would have went at Marshan, but I, you know, I wasn't on the ice and I had this whole like shift thing going on. So, but I, I really would have given it to him. Yeah, sure you would have, pal. Uh, anyway, it's uproariously funny to see this. And and now, and they're also get, getting on Tyler Bertuzzi's case because he he was laughing on the end of the bench while this all went down. And Steve Dangle was like literally blowing a gasket, which, you know, I mean, that guy, a stiff wind has that guy blow a gasket. So I'm not too shocked about that. But like, it's just funny. And then uh, Max Domi hasn't fit in. So the, uh, the offseason's gone really well for the Leafs. Uh, it's exactly what we wanted to see. Um, what did you make of, of the Reeves flap this week? I mean, yeah, I uh, really hate talking about this guy, but it is funny when, when this well, kind of stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. And, and so this is, I, I actually wanted to talk about the Leafs tonight and I wanted to bring it back to the Islanders and not just do it as a kind of sidecar because the Islanders are five, two and three. They have their, mm-hmm. their flaws, uh, for sure. Um, and the Leafs are five, four and two. Uh, mm-hmm. so they're. They've got one less point and one more game played than the Islanders. <laughs> and they've got a, a minus one goal differential. Um, and I truly think that there is an argument to be made that I'd be much happier as a New York Islander fan than a Toronto Maple Leafs fan right now. Mm. Uh, and more excited about the whole season. One, because of expectations. Like the Islanders' expectations obviously were a lot lower than playing at a 107 point pace or whatever they're at. And, and God knows we're, they're not going to do this for a whole season, but they've at least it's so far in just sheer results and points in the pocket wise, they've cleared a hurdle. Mm. Uh, the Leafs have not. And there is some, there's like issues. Like when's the last time the Islanders had a, I guess cult, culture is the word or mm. identity crisis. Maybe. Is a is a word? I don't, oh, you, you get the point, though, right? Like it's been not in the last five years. That, then that no. was what we've, we've talked about before. Like people used to ignore the Islanders because they weren't any good. Then they ignored them because it's like, well, that's just how they play, right? It's like, they well, just... what, when, when did that happen? You didn't explain. You missed the middle part where you explain <laughs> how they got to that point. Like what happened? So yeah, no, that's the thing. Like they had Trotz gave them the culture, and they have not let go of it in since, even with Lane, so, basically. Can, I almost I, I, there was a point eight or nine years ago where if this stuff was going on with the Leafs simultaneous to the Islanders, oh, that's nothing. Like, have, yeah. has your GM made your goalie cry in an arbitration case? <laughs> uh, like, there's there's a lot of funky stuff that I've seen. I this is you know nothing. And now I look at it like, damn, I can't imagine the Islanders having to deal with this yeah. kind of stuff. If if uh, you, Sam Boldu got can openered by Brad Marchand. Hmm. Alex Romanov would have put him through the glass. And, and oh Alex Romanov, I don't know could, if he could pick Sam Bullduke out of a lineup. I think right. if, if they were online right. with each other at a coffee shop in Garden City, yeah. they just might not recognize each other. I mean, Scott um, Mayfield was like, he, he was hurt or something in that Hurricanes game. And he still went after a bunch of people just because he didn't yeah. like the way they were looking at him. <laughs> it's just, that's definitely not a problem. And sure. so this, this kind of, and this has been a theme with this team forever. 
mm. which is great that that they're basically just called a bunch of you know wusses mm. uh by nick kiprios once a week <laughs> <laughs> and, it's true and for, he's not mike is not lying at all no, it's, Go listen oh, to it's so and Born. friday episode the yeah. Leafs Hour, the Friday episode, is, is absolutely worth listening to right now. Like, Go back, listen yeah. to that, and then come back to me. Okay, welcome back. So, what, <laughs> what, uh, so after Kiprios calls these guys out on Friday for just being absolute wet blankets. Uh, great. Had some great lines about Tavares, uh, about Marner and, and Matthews, and just there being no leadership in the room. All these things that when he's talking about them, I'm just like, the Islanders have all this, and it's nice. You can't mm. feel it. You can't put it on a blob chart. You can't put <laughs> it on a bar chart, but it's there. You know it's there, like a, yeah. like a spirit in the afterworld. Like you, can, mm. you just know he's there, and he's looking after you. Um, like th- there's there's something in the walls in right. uh, in the Islanders' room, and so then Saturday night they go out and they lay an absolute egg to the Sabers who are the second night of a back to back. They mm. lose six four, play terribly. Uh, mm. Joseph Wool, who was Carey Price last week, uh, turned turned into <laughs> like you know Ken Reggett t- this week, and right. uh, you know, they, 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 no one's talking about him being the Vezina, the early season Vezina Trophy winner. Mm. Um, and it's just now it's starting to spiral and. While the Islanders are are spiraling a little bit execution wise, the this leaf spiral is everything. They're not playing well. Yeah. They hate all hate each other. Justin Bourne says <laughs> something on that show, which I actually think is great. And mm. I've 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 had such a hard time putting it to words and he did it for me, mm. which was that the Maple Leafs are two teams. Yeah. There are the core four guys, Morgan Riley, um, and then there's the rest of them, the guys who get to play with those guys. And that's how this team is viewed at uh, from by the rest of the league. Like there's two very different teams here. Mm. Uh, they play like that. Uh, and it's, it's true. Like there it's, there's something completely toxic in that water. And mm. it's so nice to watch and, and listen to these guys trying to figure it out. And meanwhile, we've just been saying it for a while. Yeah. These guys are cringe. Like you th- <laughs> if, if you took a step back and took your Maple Leafs Jersey up, if you took your Boris Mironov Yank, uh, Maple Leafs jersey off and just watched Mitch Marner play, you'd be like, God, I would hate that guy. Mm. And not like in the, man, I, hate, well, I would hate to play against Cal Clutterbuck way. It's mm. the, I would hate that guy because of the way he acts like a petulant child uh, on the ice. Mm. Like, and it's yeah. been so much fun to watch these guys realize this yeah. uh, after years and years of putting up. I love them. when they're like, you know, well, Tavares talked after the game, but he didn't say anything. And like, you know, oh, he's just so robotic. Why bother asking him anything? Yeah. Like, dude, you guys didn't figure that out before? <laughs> like, what did you I, think he was, was going to be? He almost gets a pass sometimes. Right. Well, where's the leadership going to come from? Because it ain't coming from, uh, yeah. it's not going to come from Willie. And yeah. it's not going to come. And, you know, Tavares is just not kind of his style. Yeah. That's the what, captain, man. What, yeah. <laughs> what is he wearing like, the C for? But yeah. yeah he's just, the, he's your funny. captain. Uh and in that video too, you can see Tavares just like looking forward as Marchand yeah. is yapping away and Bertuzzi's laughing, <laughs> and, Bar- and 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 Tavares is just like downloading information like the robot he is. And well, because he's it's he's been really nice. He's heard all this before, and he just walks away like that's what he yeah. does. And it's just like that's fine. I would probably walk away too. But like, dude, you're the captain of the team. But it is yeah. it is funny that they're just like 
Ugh, yeah, there's no point in saying anything. He's such a robot. He, it doesn't really matter. So, and if you yeah, remember last year, the there. the Leafs had like a swoon at this point of the year. Yeah. But it was very clear, like, this is a good team. Like, they're going to kick themselves out of it. Mm. I'm not sure, sure this year. <laughs> like, they're not good. Like, this team, yeah. th- their defense is terrible. Yeah, Klingberg uh, also taking a lot yeah, of heat. Klingberg is horrible. Yeah, he's been terrible. Yeah. They're, Domi's terrible. Uh, yeah. oh, man, it could, it could yeah. get really bad there. And uh, I yeah. might go up. If if there's a chance like the Leafs get eliminated before the regular season ends, and let's oh just say like God. the Blue Jackets are in town, and if the Leafs <laughs> lose on Hockey Night in Canada, they're out. I would drive oh up to God. Toronto. I wouldn't. Would... Even, I don't even know if I'd go to the game. I would just go. And yeah. if they hey, if they win, I just get in my car and drive home. And if they lose, I would just be in Maple Leafs Plaza. That would um, be tempting fate too much for me. That would be yeah. spitting in the face of the hockey gods. I could not do that. But it depends. Yeah, with that team. Now with that, yeah, that's what that true. team does. They chanted, "We want Florida." Yeah, and, that and is all true. That. Like, yeah, that is so true. It's just, yeah, it's a little different. If it, I, if yeah. it was like you know, the the Senators or something, I would never do it. But yeah. uh, I'm not too afraid that the hockey <laughs> the hockey gods. I don't think hold the least in in, yeah. in high favor, right? With the way that they've acted. Um, I hope not. But yeah, that was that was one great takeaway from Saturday night. Was that the Rangers lost? The Leafs lost. The Penguins were playing the Sharks, so they won 10 to 2. <laughs> so they couldn't lose. But uh, I think the Caps also may have lost that night, too. So it turned out to not be under oh, no, the Devils lost, I think, uh, that night yeah. or the night before. So, you know, it, it turned out to not really be uh, the, the worst, you know, in the standings wise for the Islanders. I apologize. I forgot the best part of that Leafs uh, oh. Saturday night was that. And Hockey Night in Canada during the headline segment with Elliot Friedman, <laughs> which is usually about like trade news and whatever. Yeah. Uh, the first vignette was uh, had a lower third bar and it just said Maple Leafs demand they stand up for one another. Because <laughs> that's definitely how that works. <laughs> yeah. Demand, oh, stand again? Up for me. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, they had like a, a an all all hands meeting with uh, yeah. Tree Living and the coach. And oh, it's we're. Yeah. We're in a good place there. Yeah. So you got to run it up the board. You got to talk to this guy. Your team either has it or they don't. Like they're either tough or they're not. And I don't mean like they go to run around punching people like, you know, a slap shot style. Like the Islanders have it. Like they're not, yep. you know, listen, this is a flawed team. We get it. They're not nearly as talented as most teams in the league. But if you come for one of them, you're going to have a lot of other guys in blue yeah. and orange on your ass. Like there's, yeah, gonna, there's no question gonna, about that. Yeah. You're going to also have their deli guy coming, screaming right. at you. Like yeah. it's, it's, Oh my God. It's if a, you do it at home, you have 17,000 yeah. people chanting for your death, you know, like, so it's crazy, but it is true. So, well, we will have to watch and see and hope that the Leafs continue to melt down and hopefully Ryan. They've got a tough can, week this week too. Like they, yeah, good. they've got the, the lightning and, and senators Monday, Wednesday. So, Oh, nice. Islander off nights. <laughs> Won't be off nights for me. Cool. My my favorite thing, too, one quick, real quick thing about Reeds is people are like, well, you know, at 1.5 or 1.3 million a year, he's a, the contract is easily burial, variable in the AHL. You think Ryan Reeves is going to go down to the AHL yeah. willingly? I mean, for, from all accounts, he's a very likable, affable guy, but this guy's been in the league 15 years. I don't care how nice a guy he is. He ain't going to want to go to the AHL. Do you want to have that conversation with Ryan Reeves? I don't. <laughs> Like that would good luck with that, pal. Yeah, gonna, and you think that GM fresh right. into the door is going to be like, oh yeah. yeah, I made a huge mistake here yeah. by signing this guy to three yeah. years, so I'm going to send him down. Yeah, he's okay. going to be on the phone with with Anaheim trying to get him you know, for future considerations that are never, yeah, never fulfilled ever. But anyway, should be fun. Okay, uh, we got to wrap this up real quick. Uh, sign up at Patreon.com/slash Islanders Anxiety for ad free episodes and bonus content. Follow us on Twitter at Isles Anxiety Pod. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and at Spotify. 
our theme music is Morning Haze by Family Dinner. Listen to more of their music on Bandcamp and at Spotify. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. We are part of the Fans First Sports Network. Read more and find out more at fansfirstsports.com. Real quick, we have a new episode of Weird Islanders coming up on Friday. It is a multi-mine episode with a returning friend of ours. You don't need to be a great detective to figure out who it is. It is absolutely fantastic, and I can't wait to unveil it. Uh, so that is on Friday. Weird Islanders, check it out. Uh, ShopVintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Michael Deboff, any final thoughts on... Oh, wait, sorry. Where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski. Read and work, listen to his work at Action Network. Any final thoughts on the week that was or the week that com- that's coming up? And how frustrating it is to watch this team right now when they play like assholes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're kind of like you're right now. I think you're, you're saying it right. Like they're playing like assholes They're We all have friends that we just love no matter what they do almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're kind of acting like you, you, yep. you bring, maybe you bring one of your friends to a party that yeah. it's your, 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 maybe your college friends or you're bringing a college friend to your home yeah. friends and work and friends. Yeah, they're acting. They're drunk. They're maybe acting like out a yeah. little bit, and you're like, "Dude, what's what's wrong with you? Why are you being like yeah? This? Just settle yeah. down. Everyone's gonna love you if you just settle down. Like, just be yourself. Right. Just be yourself. Yeah, have a good time, and and everyone's gonna come turn yeah. around, come around to liking you because you know I know you're a good guy. Yeah. You know you're a good guy. People will just see that you're a good mm-hmm. guy. So just you know, stop yeah. turning turning the puck over in your own self. <laughs> maybe 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 just punt it. Live to find oh, like fight yeah. another day. Right. It's okay don't to blow take the icing. zone before it's out. Off. Yeah. This, don't, please, don't, please, please stop blowing the zone before it's out. Jesus. Just, you just it's fine. You know, mix in a water and <laughs> and uh, you know, let me slap you in the face. Right. And you'll snap out of it, and yeah. everybody here is gonna love you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a perfect a, analogy. Perfect analogy. Yeah. Walking around saying he's he's a good guy. He's just going through some. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. You just fine. Yeah. You just got to get to know him. Yeah, you, you get to, once to, you get to know him, it's like, fine. It's once, fine. He'll, he'll once you it. get to know him, like you'll see, he's just he'll he'll win the puck in the corner. Yeah, and he'll 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 make the quick outlet pass and get the get the red line and get off for a yeah. change. There you go. Perfect, perfect analogy. Perfect way to end it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a whole other episode. Until then, take care, and we'll talk to you later. All right, bye bye.